Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Garrett. Hello, everybody. And Eric. Hello, everybody. And uh, tonight we've got a little bit of an interesting topic. We've had a couple of serious ones recently, and we're going to try and do a little bit more uh, lighthearted show uh, for this one. We're going to talk a little bit about our gun fetishes, uh, the, the, the firearms we all like, have a fascination with, don't necessarily own, perhaps can't own because they might be rare pieces or uh, uh, impossibly expensive to own. Um, yep, hopefully this is a fun episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. So, uh, T-Bag, do you want to lead us in with uh, your, your latest acquisition and uh, your thing for metric calibers for some reason? <laughs> so, I have, uh, I, I'm strongly of the opinion that hunting rifles should all be in metric calibers and that 308 should only exist in box magazine fed battle rifles and has no place ever in a bolt action rifle. And I know everyone... Uh, lots of people are going to disagree with me and I don't care because you're allowed to be wrong um, and you can talk shit on your own show I love metric I just have a thing for metric rifle calibers so today what I did is I went out and I bought a CZ550 in 9.3 by 62 Mauser because it's awesome and that will live next to my CZ550 Ebony in 7 by 64 because that is equally awesome but now, what part of the, the caliber is it that you really enjoy? Is it the shape or just the fact that it is a metric caliber? What is it's it just, exactly? It, it, like, there's absolutely no technical reason for it. They just have a bit of soul. Um, yeah. like, like, 308, it's a great caliber. It's a fucking appliance. Um, it's like driving a Toyota. It's awesome in an AR-10 or a Fell or a G3 in a bolt gun. I, I, I tried it. I got one. I've, actually, I've tried it twice and both times it's just like hasn't worked in my brain. Um, th there is one non-metric caliber that I'm madly in love with and that's 300 H&H Magnum, um, the Super 30. Uh, that because it's a beautiful cartridge. It's just got these long sloping shoulders. It's like super inefficient. It, it's a gigantic sort of expensive like custom 306 but it's magnificent uh and yeah the the, the metric thing I, I don't know why but i'd much rather have a 7x57 than a than a 308 or a 7x64 than a, a 306 so that's that's or one a, of my quirks is is or a 6.5 creedmoor that's not a metric caliber it's a cool caliber it's not a metric caliber Neither is 7.62 by 51 or 7.62 by 63. That's 308 and 36. I, I, I know no, what they are. I'm just saying that. Ah, okay. So they're, they're because they're converted calibers and not. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So if we carry and on 7, with. 7.62 by 39 is also not a metric caliber. My uh, connection is unstable. I actually uh, didn't know that uh, 762 by 39 wasn't a metric caliber. Well, it is a metric caliber. It just doesn't count as a metric caliber because it's an assault rifle caliber. Oh, uh, okay. Now no. I understand. <laughs> because Tarek is stuck on bolt guns. <laughs> so, so if we yeah. carry on with the caliber thing, I, I have... Once again, it is... Hmm. So, once, if we carry on with the caliber thing, I have a... 
a weird fascination and interest with semi-auto rifles and 300 blackout as the caliber. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but I think it's got something to do with the cartridge looking cute. <laughs> that is an excellent reason for liking the caliber. <sighs> I, okay, I, so, so it is absolutely correct, and it is not frowned upon to have a fascination with cute calibers. I, I like 300 blackout more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> blackout is cool. And you're talking to a man who likes Super 30 and has considered buying a 2-2 Hornet because it looks like a small 300 HMH. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I, I uh, approve of the, uh, the, the 22 Hornet, but I do approve, <laughs> approve of the 300 Blackout. <laughs> like, uh, what the hell are you going to do with, like, it doesn't have to be practical. What the hell are you going to do with 22 Hornets? Have it. It'll be a light, handy, pretty rifle. Yes. <laughs> you shoot paper with. I don't know what I did. I'm gonna line three and a seven. I can kill everything. Um, <laughs> but it'll be fun. And I don't want to shoot any of the animals you can shoot with it because, like, I don't get shooting Baker. But it's cool. It's pretty. And, and that's why I get Gaz's 300 blackout thing. I, I also have a bit of a 300 blackout, like a signature rifle. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I would really like a, uh, a 300 blackout shorty. Preferably something with a collapsible stock. So so I mean, one of those, folder? Yeah, one of those, those folding conversions for the AR would be bloody cool. That thing would fit in a backpack. But there is a law, there is a rule with that gun that it must always be suppressed. Like, shoot supersonic ammo. With it, TV. But it's got to be Like, an unsuppressed 300 blackout is, is like buying a four cylinder Mustang. It's wrong. <laughs> I've got to agree with TV. It should have a suppressor on. Yeah, I, I, I could go either way. I mean, it's pretty cool suppressed. I've heard like... that about you. We're not judging. There's nothing wrong with it. Now, Corn, didn't you have an interest in 224 Valkyrie? 224 Valkyrie is a weird one for me. Um, I like the idea, and it's an idea. I, I don't know how practical it is. I'm not a long-range shooter. But I like the idea of showing up with something that looks like an AR-15 and shooting it out to a kilometer. Um, that is just, it, it is just cool to me. Now, I know that, uh, that, that 224 Valkyrie doesn't exactly have the best reputation for the uh, firearms that are chambered in it at the moment. Um, but like having a semi-auto gun that is in theory capable of that is super bloody cool. Uh, it's, uh, it's apparently a, f I, I don't know if it's a gun thing so much as it's just, it's a caliber that's quite finicky to get it accurate. Unlike so, 764 that pushes 175 grand and 140 grand bullets at the same point of impact. Sorry, I just had to put that in there. Cause Hashtag facts. Yeah. Yeah, you see, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's the, I have no interest. It's wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I think Savage make a, make a 224 Valkyrie MSR. That is just, it just looks bloody cool. Uh, the problem is um, ammo. We live in South Africa and uh, unfortunately it's going to be a problem. Now, I don't... Yeah, but 300 Blackout, there is a, I don't want to say a great supply, but there is a reasonable supply of SMB. 
um, in like 110 grain, 125 grain, 140 somewhat grain. Um, I'm going to yellow card you now, Kone. What? Because the function of the show is not to discuss what is practical to get ammunition for, because then we would talk about 9 mil and 308. No, no, no. I, I, I'm just <laughs> saying. Therefore, that, yellow card. <laughs> the, the problem with 224 Valkyrie is, okay, for you would need to... No, no, no. You, you would need to load custom ammo for it to make the thing happen that I would like to have happen. And Dude, I don't know while, if I have the patience. I have actually shot at a hundred at, at, at hundred meter at, at a kilometer with hunting ammo, uh, and eventually did actually hit the gong. If you want to shoot at a kilometer, you're going to be using fucking custom ammo anyway. No, no, I, I know, but like getting the components thing for that gun is going to be interesting. Uh, and that combined with the fact that um, I, I don't know if it's if it's those particular rifles, but a couple of the rifles that I've heard of have been um, there's been massive variance between two rifles that in theory came out the factory like at the same time. Uh, um, you know what that's called? No, no it's <laughs> yeah, but... so. Uh, <laughs> but you're right, guys. Like, like, and it's not. It's not necessarily 224 Valkyrie. That just happens to be, I think, the one that is not mainstream, but slightly more popular. Um, but like a, a semi-auto AR-15, in essence, that's capable of, of that sort of range. Uh, Being versatile. Or more is like, incredibly versatile. Exactly. Like dudes are running like rifle-length gas systems on their like 22-inch ARs. And it's like, that thing is for going fast. We want to shoot things close really fast to that. Like, you know, like there's other guns for doing the long range stuff. And, but I'd like them to look similar because I'm weird. And I like ARs. <laughs> I also enjoy mm. ARs. Oh, we know that. Uh, I mean, you, you get AR-10s in 6, and, six mil and 6.5 vegan. And that would also work quite nicely. As you a, do. And those, actually, those are actually probably and again it's not really relevant to the show but those are probably more accessible and you probably have more of a variety in terms of rifles so you could probably get something that's a little bit more more special um a more uh yeah nicer in in those calibers because you have a a, a wide range of manufacturers that are that are building guns for that um not that i think that like 6.5 Creed is like weird. I, I would seriously, and this is just when I was looking at shooting PRS a while ago, which I decided against. Um, just didn't look like my kind of sport. But I would have bought a 260 Remington just so I wouldn't have to have a Creed. <laughs> like basically identical, but I would have it's like bought a, a 260. It's a CrossFit club, dude. <laughs> I, I kind of like the vegans. Central Creed is one of those those kind of somewhat mainstream calibers that I really like. I mean, it, it it offers a lot from a practical point of view, but I think it's a cool little caliber. I think I think six and six point five vegan are both nice looking cartridges um, that happen to be quite nice. But I, I quite like they've got like a like the opposite of the metric calibers I like. They've got like a very like cutting edge sort of high tech look to them. The, and it's those elongated bullets. That's, that's what it gives them mm. that like they are, they, they look awesome. They really do. Um, and they perform well. They perform really, really well. 
Yeah, they, they do. Um, I don't know how they compare to like the, the, the original bench rest calibers. Um, so if you look at like six more bench rest, um, I, I don't know how big the difference is between those. Uh, I think that turns oh. into a bit of a Ford versus Toyota thing. Ah. Oh, yeah, but just because I don't have the, uh, I don't have the background on exactly how these things work. So um, it would just be interesting to see if the, the, the sort of new kid on the block is like a direct replacement or if it like super exceeds the, uh, the performance of the originals. Um, not, not for the show to answer it. It's just, I'm just curious. Um, we'll look it up at some point. Um, so Gaz, we've now sort of mentioned that Tarek has a thing for metric calibers and bolt guns for some inexplicable bloody reason. Uh, I, 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 I have, mean, I have a fascination with weird calibers getting shot out of semi-auto rifles. Um, we haven't spoken about uh, the stuff that you find interesting yet. So for me, it's carrying on with the, the rifle topic. It's not so much the bolt guns. I don't have a very keen interest in bolt guns, but I do have quite a, an interest and appreciation for... Um, semi-auto rifles specifically or more specifically AR platform but special AR platform guns like the cool looking Cobalts, the Daniel Defense guns, all of those kinds of guns. I've got a good appreciation for that and in any caliber that isn't 223 or 5.56 oddly enough the bigger ones like the 308s, the 6, 6.5 etc. Okay. 6 mil arc that's that exciting. Mm. Okay. Yes. Six mil arc is exciting. Cool. And it's six point five Grendel. I have a big Grendel thing. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those cobalt rifles are bloody like marvelous. They look yes. awesome. Um, they- I don't know if I want to own a white rifle, um, but uh, they look spectacular. Yeah, they are very sexy, and I would probably take a white rifle. And when it irritates me, I'll probably end up seracoting with it. But having a white rifle would be seriously unique and sexy. I don't know. Like, I, I, from a practical standpoint, I don't know if I want a white rifle. From a selecting one out of their range, it has to be white. Like, oh, yes. They yeah. look yes. spectacular. And, and if you really you want to do a trigger, you have to say pew. Yes. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. And if you really want to do it properly, you have to get your scope seracoated white to match as well. So fun fact, Noblex make their one to six like the the scope I've got on my on my uh on my Colt. Yes. They make that in white. Oh well, problem solved. Mm, I want one. That's also a really nice scope there. <laughs> I don't know if they still do, but they used to. Oh mm, yeah. I do problem like it. Solved. So, yeah. uh, so is it, is it that you, your, your AR-10, like weird caliber AR-10 thing, is it just because they're a bit, or AR-15 thing, is it because they're different to the 5.56s? Is it because you kind of like what the guns do? What is it? I, I think it leans more towards the gun just being more unique than what we typically see with the AR side of things. Hmm. And I think having a bigger caliber AR is like a really nice thing to have. It's going to do a lot for you, and I don't know, it grabs my fancy, that's for sure. 
I think also, I think our, our listeners have probably worked out by now that, that you are, of, of the three of us, by far the most practical. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, and as a I would, weirdo, I'm a weirdo. Yeah, I, I have to, yeah, I have to try and take that practical cap off every now and then. I'm, I often catch myself out with it being too practical. So it's one of those things, but it keeps it interesting when we open our eyes to new things and sometimes just things that we like. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to have a gun because it's fun or because it brings you joy. That, that's my metric caliber. That's why I bought a 9.3 and not a 375. Um, yeah. Because I picked up the rifle and I went, I want to own this gun and I think it's a cool caliber. Yeah. So it was something cooler. that you wanted in your life. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's cool. Mm. Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Uh, just sometimes a little bit of a difficult thing for me to put to one side. But uh, one thing I am learning slowly but surely is that you don't have to own it to appreciate it. And nor does it have well? to serve a super practical purpose either. You can appreciate it for what it is and what it offers. Yeah, I mean, exactly. especially I think for someone like you who's, who's like so so sort of interested in, in the mechanics of it. Um, you know, something like an English side-by-side, -side, a, a Purdy or, or, or a Holland and Holland or something. Um, I could never afford one. Um, and even if I could, I don't think I could, if you know what I mean. Even if I had the money, I couldn't justify spending that sort of money on a gun. Um, and I'd probably fuck it up because you probably have to look after those. But there is something magnificent about how they were built and, you know, law, but especially the sort of the older ones. If you think about some dude with a hand tool in London in 1912, um, doing that engraving and that sort of machining. I mean, that, that, that's got to, that's got to have some, or I assume that's got to have some sort of appeal for you. That's, that's one of my biggest appeals when it comes to guns. Um, and it doesn't really matter the gun's age, I really have a, a keen fascination on learning the internals and how they work. And if, if I can, I'll take it a step further and try and find out or learn how they might manufacture the guns or the parts for the guns. So for me, understanding and appreciating the intricacies of the manufacturing process on old stuff doesn't just lie dormant with guns. It's if I see a really, really old clock, the same thing runs through my mind, those kinds of things. So I have a keen fascination on the process that they use to manufacture these things. So I'm curious, Gaz, after I aborted attempt at a show the other night, how much time have you spent Googling the Borchard? If I'm being totally honest, I haven't had a chance to sit down and <laughs> Google it yet. But the good news is that it's still open on my browser. So <laughs> as soon as I get a chance, it's there. It's available for me to go search it. And that's... That's got a lot of keen interest for me, and I'm looking forward to learning about that. So, uh, Forgotten Weapons, Gun Jesus, has been doing some, um, I think the Rock Island auction has some, some unique wheel guns that he's looking at at the moment. Mm. And some of those you might find interesting, Gaz, because they are, um, there's a couple of them that are experimental models. So, you have things that are starting to look like a modern wheel gun. So you have a flip out cylinder, for instance, but yeah. on one of them, the, the it's, it's weird because the cylinder doesn't flip out all the way. It's like a slightly flip out to the side, but then it's still a brake barrel. It's, it's still a, it's still 
opens top top loading. Um, yeah. And there are the way in which they approach the mechanics on some of those things is massively fascinating um, because some of it is driven by necessity. Uh, so there, there is a requirement from a military or, or someone that, that needs the gun to do something very specific. And some of it is driven by just cost and complexity. Like we can't make these things uh, the way that we've designed them. And the way that they try and get around that is absolutely fascinating. Oh yeah, I'm going to have to go check that out for sure. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's, a, a classic sort of like old school revolver that probably wasn't that great practically, but I've been fascinated by it since I was probably five or six years old was the Webley Fosbury. Oh, I mean, those a, are cool. A semi-automatic revolver. Uh, and I think, if I remember correctly, it was like the first eight shot as well. Oh, there's your bush shot. Oh, there's there looking at porn. <laughs> I can't see it. You can see that, yeah. that weird locking system that it has, Gaz, with yes. the... Uh, it's... Uh, and somewhere... And the, sorry, sorry, the, the listeners can't see what I'm showing him. But I somewhere have a better exploded diagram of that gun. It's fascinating. Sorry, T-Bag. Oh, yes. Osbury. I was just waxing lyrical about my love of the Wibbly Fosbury. So interestingly, the um, not Siapa, um, who's the Manteba? Yes, Manteba made a semi-auto. They also had one, um, and the, the same style as that Rhino, which is the uh, essentially the the bottom of the cylinder is where your your barrel lies, uh, so you have a very low bore axis. But they had one of those in uh, in a a. Uh, self-loading if you wish uh revolver very cool uh it would auto advance the cylinder and it would uh recock the hammer which is if, pretty bloody awesome if i remember correctly ipsc revolver rules still specifically forbid um semi-auto revolvers so there is a rule in ipsc to stop you shooting a mateba or a fosbury because <laughs> that's <laughs> such a common problem <laughs> yes <laughs> Because some dude's going to pitch up with his 455 loaded with man stoppers. <laughs> so that's actually very interesting. I didn't know that you got anything that was like a semi-automatic revolver. I didn't know that. So, Super the, rare. I think it's just those two. There might be some experimental models that we're not aware of between the three. Yeah, those are the only two I know. Those are the, the Fosby two. was awesome because it had this like, this like Y pattern on the outside of the cylinder where it turned. So it wasn't great mm. in the trenches in World War One because if you got any mud in it, it didn't work. Um, but it had a manual safety and and sort of almost like a long recoil style system where it kind of came back and cocked the hammer. Uh, probably didn't really bring anything to the table, but it's just it's an amazing piece of the gunmaker's art. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and I mean innovation from that point mm. of view as well, which is very interesting. Yeah, it was way ahead of its time, um, and not long for this world, unfortunately. But like it, it was a, it was a fascinating design that they they came up with. And uh, as T said, that 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 pattern for the cylinder advance that's like cut into the side of the cylinder looks spectacular. Mm. Um, it it's that's awesome. I I, I love the Fosbury. Um, yeah, it's like checkering. It, you should Google it, guys. It, it's it's like literally a track. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 
And it's you, a bit of a parallel universe gun, you know. I sometimes imagine this parallel universe where instead of semi-automatic pistols, like the Fosbury became the 1911 of its day and everything became sort of a derivative of that. Can um, you imagine how different the guns in that would be today if that were the case, eh? Stop with your sacrilege. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> we pushed push Corn's button, T. And with that little segue, I brought us to Corn's practical fascination that for the rest of us is just a cool gun, and that is the man gun, John Moses Browning's model of 1911. I'm, I'm going to have some shirts made, and I'm going to have some patches made for hats and some stickers that literally say, ask me about the good work of John Moses Browning. Um, <laughs> I, I know that he was slightly controversial in, in some circles, uh, but the man was, uh, was, was absolutely brilliant. Controversial. Um, he was the greatest genius of firearms design ever. Y- yes. That is very true. I agree. <laughs> I mean, you, you, should, you should go and listen to, to History Unloaded with uh, Ashley Hulbinski. Uh, they they, they did things some, about him, they're wrong. They, they did some ones recently where um, uh, some people did not like him. Let's just say, put it that way. They are wrong. Like, ask me about the good work of John Moses Browning. <laughs> so, yes, I, I, mean, I have a massive fascination with, with 1911s specifically. Um, they, and the reason behind it is not just because I enjoy shooting them and I enjoy tinkering with them because, as the internet will tell you, they never work or they, they permanently need attention of some sort. Um, they're like a high-maintenance girl or a supercar. Um, you're going to continuously be tinkering with the things that never going to work. I'm just going to stop you here quickly. Yes. This is true. The problem is they're like a Lamborghini Countach. No. It was spectacular. It was slower than a Golf GTI or a Polo GTI when it wasn't broken down. But it was every boy's fucking supercar fap. Okay, but except, <laughs> except one, I don't like the Countach. Two. <laughs> Sorry, goodbye. Where's the leave fucking meeting button? <laughs> I'll just ban you. <laughs> no, like the, the the development that the 1911 went through is absolutely fascinating. Uh, and I'm going to mention Gun Jesus again. He has a fantastic uh, video where he goes through the, the, the development models that led up to the gun that was eventually adopted. Um, that's not really the reason I love them, even though there's there's a lot of fascination in there. What I really like about them is the fact that it is... I don't want to say Lego for men because they're, they're not Lego pieces. There's, there's work involved in making them work. McConnell. But there are so many uh, really talented gun makers who have done their own spin on 1911s. And they're all unique. Um, and they keep on advancing. Like that's, There is still innovation happening with 1911s um, to this day, which I find absolutely interesting. Like the, There is a new um, trigger system that uses a, a, a coil spring for trigger return um, and not the, the flat leaf that we're all used to. Like, I would love to get my hands on one of those. Uh, Is that I, that uh, Nighthawk drop-in job? Yes. Um, like, uh, that is, I don't know when they started making that, but that is a super old bloody gun, outdated design that is now getting a new way of doing the, the, the trigger return, which is the fact that people are coming up with new ideas and actually have the ability to build them and make it work is fascinating. 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's interesting is the, the history of the guns and how they've developed over the years. They're still a fairly dom- they are the dominant platform in competition if we look at it from that side. And they're pushing the guns and the mechanics of what those guns can do in the trigger and through durability and that they're pushing that stuff to the limits and they keep advancing that. Yeah. But also it's, it's a, it's such a clever design. Um, it was never meant for the purposes that we use them for now. It was never meant to have a two pound trigger. Um, mm. It wasn't designed around that yet. We all want, most people want a two pound trigger in those guns now. Um, it's not a 1911 these days if it's not more than if it's more than three pounds. Yeah, who has a trigger that's more than three pounds? Uh, Damn, son. Terrick <laughs> uh, uh, likes 1911s too. By the way, he's uh, he's a, he's got a little bit of a fascination with them, even though he hates them because apparently no, he's no, I, 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 I would call Jane, it love. I, I love 1911s. They are probably my favorite pistol in the world. Um, in the same way I like 1960s muscle cars. I wouldn't want to drive one to work every day. Um, I would love to have a fucking, you know, some sort of fucking Gran Turismo or something in my garage, but I wouldn't want to have to rely on it to get me to the office every day. Uh, I love 1911s. I think when, when I pick one up, it, it, it's what my brain thinks a gun should feel like. Um, they're beautiful. Nothing has a trigger like one. Uh, they are, and, and every year at Shot Show, one of my first stops, I have two stops I like to go to really, obviously I have to go to Glock first and, and, and that's a, a practical one, but I go to the VZ grip stand and, and look at the custom 911s they've got on display there because there's normally a stand chin gun and an alien precision gun and a couple of things like that. Um, and then I go to the Nike Talk stand because of the sort of semi-custom manufacturers they generally have a really good display and I really like their guns. I like their aesthetic in that. Um, I'm not, I'm not particularly interested in carrying one in, in 2020 uh, because 1911s are moody fucking bitches and they'll work until they decide to stop working. And it won't be because of science. It'll be because it's Thursday. <laughs> and so, it's slightly overcast. So yes. one one thing I need to interject here is that you're dead to me. Um, when you said when you said they're probably my favorite gun, handgun, like dead to me, like I don't even know why we're talking. Uh, <laughs> greatest handgun design ever, um, and whoever disagrees with that is just plain wrong. The, the- I mean, one of, one of the awesome things about the 1911, like jokes aside, is if you look at anything else from 1911, oh, yeah. I can't think of anything that to this day we use that is for all intents and purposes the same. You know, if, if, if you take an alien precision gun and you compare it to a 1911 production 1911, um, it, it's the same thing, just turned to 11, really. You know, there's, there's not dramatic, there's no, there have been some like external extractors which are wrong and, and shit like that. But as a general rule, they've taken the gun and they've made it a bit more ergonomic and, and that sort of thing. Um, and there's nothing else I can think of from that time period that we still use uh, in its form. You know, the pens we used in those days, the cars, the, 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 
like everything was just so dramatically different. Um, whereas the 1911 has, has kind of stayed the same, well, relatively the same. Relatively. Functionally, me- mechanically, they're, they're the same. Um, but guys are doing all sorts of clever things with them that, uh, that I find absolutely fascinating. Uh, so T mentioned uh, Elum guns. Uh, Jason Burton makes some of the, well, makes. He takes existing guns and he turns them into absolute masterpieces. Um, if I ever move to the States, that man is building me a square trigger guard, a lightweight commander. Uh, Derek's throwing up at the moment. Um, I have a thing for square trigger guards on 1911s. Um, they're not practical. You're going to struggle your ass off to find a holster that actually works with them. Um, but it is, when done right, it is beautiful. When done wrong, re- it's a horrible abortion. <laughs> the rules do require that that gun has a hard chrome slide and a, a hard chrome frame and a blue slide. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, I mean, it'll, it'll be a two tone gun. Those are the rules. It'll so be you guys are two tone guys, eh? Yeah. Okay. You know, when, when I was growing up reading gun magazines, because I'm old, um, like when I was a kid, a, a, a custom 1911 was a two tone gun. Like, yep. you know, that sort of pack my combat special sort of look, that was, that was what differentiated a custom gun from a, from a gun that you hadn't taken to the gunsmith yet. Uh, so there is still a certain, like, there's a certain sort of aesthetic there that, that talks to me. I, I, I like a hard chrome gun, like a, a matte chrome gun. I like a blued gun, but there is a, there is a special place in, in, in my heart for a, a two, and a proper two-tone chrome frame blue slide, not the wrong way around. Um, <laughs> no, I like the way you said the wrong way around. I like that. It, it'll be a two-tone gun. Um, two-tone is definitely the way to go on, on, a, on, a, on a custom gun. Um, yeah, like spectacular firearms. Now, the other thing that I have a, a fascination with is 1911s and weird calibers. Um, and weird calibers is, is sort of a little bit um, up for debate because things like 10 mil auto isn't considered weird. Uh, however, it's it's not. It wasn't super common in 1911s. Um, the 1911s are on 45s, is what you're saying. <laughs> not necessarily on 45s, but but are like like wicked weird calibers. Like 10 mil auto is just so much more than they were designed to handle. And as a result, you have the issues of the frames cracking and, and stuff that Colt addressed eventually, or that Colt addressed, I shouldn't say eventually. Um, but things eventually. like like that, <laughs> like like that Grizzly Wind Mag. Um, That's I mean, not a 1911. It, it is not, but it it has the right shape. Um, and it is a cool that caliber. That is longer than 765. Sorry. Sorry, I've got quite, quite, quite loud. <laughs> So now, do you have a 1911 in 4.5 yet, Corn? Uh, I actually, well, I don't have them yet. I'm waiting for licenses, but I have two. Okay, no. then you can be in so the club. So Corn doesn't own any 1911s yet? No. No, I, I own 245s. No. Unless they're in your safe or can be put in your safe legally, you don't own them. <laughs> I have receipts <laughs> that disagree with you, but okay. <laughs> you go tell your DFO that your receipt says you can own it. No, no, no. You can own it. You just can't take it home. <laughs> Thought I'd put it out there. 
Yeah, there is I, a I difference. I would say you, you can be in the 1911 club then, and that's rich coming from me because I only own Glocks. Uh, yeah, so I have a uh, a defender in 45, and uh, I've bought a Springfield uh, in in 45. Okay, nice. I'm looking forward to. Um, Do not yes. own a Colt 1911 in 45 by God ACP, son. The right one hasn't come up yet. Actually, the right one did come up. I found you a perfect one, and you didn't yeah, but, buy it. But I wouldn't be able to shoot that one. You shoot guns built in the 21st century. Um, no, you fucking don't. You're a heathen. <laughs> if I ever come to power, we're fucking burning you at the stake. <laughs> so... Just just for someone who, who apparently thinks that there are other guns that have triggers that are as good as 1911s, um, Tarek is currently massively confused, um, and he thinks that a B92 somehow has the same trigger as a 1911. I, did, I never said that. I you never said, said that. You I said, said it shoots as well as. That is not the same thing as the same trigger. The Breda 92, and, and I admit that part of my Breda 92 fetish is because I grew up in the 80s. I remember when Die Hard was new and Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. Um, but the B-92 is a gun that shoots spectacularly. I do it's, like them. It's iconic. They are ridiculously reliable. Um, but practicality aside, it is what pistols looked like in 1980s action movies. You had a B-92 and you had an MP5. Those, those were the guns that made a 1980s action movie. And sometimes a ceramic Glock would show up. Yeah, but that's a Glock 7. Made in Germany. Costs more than you make in a month. <laughs> Glock 7. Yeah, we, we don't talk about the Glock 7. We, no. all have, we all have a massive fascination with it, but unfortunately we have figured out that we'll never be able to own one. So. <laughs> oh, I actually haven't been able to find out yet if it's the curtain rail or the practice hand grenade. What? The Glock 7. Ah, I don't know either. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll next time I'm there. <laughs> that, that should get you a good answer. Yeah. So I haven't shot a, a B92, but I've had quite a keen interest to try and shoot one. Uh, Have you sh- not shot a Z either? Nope. What? Nope. You should, you should really go shoot them. They, they are um, they're interesting guns. And the way that the double action is set up on them, they can be so good. Like, so, yes. so, so good. Um, yeah. Those 92s are, awesome. are super smooth. Like, like everything about the gun. The, the triggers are, even out the box. You know, like, out the box, it's a relatively heavy double action trigger because it's got about a 400-pound mainspring. Um, but out the, 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 the double action trigger is super smooth. The single action trigger is really crisp. It's the original sort of Zev cutaway slide. Um, it's just, uh, it's a nice gun to shoot. Yeah, and I think that's what interests me the most is how little slide there is and how that will feel when you're shooting it. Yeah, they're, they're really spectacular to shoot. They really yeah. are. Um, I haven't shot a compact. Um, I, I still want to shoot a compact, but I have shot the full size. Um, and... I really like those. I, I understand Tarek's fascination. Um, I shot a compact this week, actually, and uh, 
a mate of mine who I spoke to about it was hit the nail on the head. He says it's sort of 95% of the gun of the full size. Uh, I do think that the, the, the secret sauce there might be a centurion. Uh, yeah, the centurion's a, a centurion cool. with like a Langdon trigger job could be a, a spectacular thing to shoot. And uh, th- that is one of the interesting things that the, uh, the, the trigger job in a bag um, mm. that you're looking at getting. I mean, that is, it, it is awesome that you can get them and that in theory they're drop in and like no issues. Um, so when are you going to start carrying a B92, Tarek? I'm going to find the right one. <laughs> but it's How do you not a B- own a B92? So my first ever gun was a B92. First gun I ever owned was a Beretta 92, but it was the, the second generation of 92. So the first, gen- the, the first generation had a step in the slide. The second generation was a... Um, you had the frame-mounted safety and the mag release at the bottom of the grip. And the first gen had the same thing, but there was a step in the slide. I don't think they built very many of those because they would break. Um, yeah, so those, it's before the sort of 92S where they moved the safety onto the slide and, and the SB and the F and the FS and the G. Um, so my first ever gun was a 92. I couldn't shoot it for shit because I couldn't shoot for shit. Um, and I don't think I'd be able to shoot one today because the sights are made out of invisible. Um, you know, the, the, the front sight was like half a match head high. Um, but that was my first ever carry gun. Loved that gun. Sold it, sadly. Uh, and, yeah, I've kind of had a soft spot for the. I, th- I think part of the appeal of the 92 for me is it's an interesting gun that sort of straddles two generations. So it's, it's post-1911. It's, it's more modern than a 911 or a Browning Half Power or something but it's kind of pre-plastic people popper era. So it, it, it's, a, it's an interesting um, like mechanical sort of direction. I, I, I am an admitted Beretta fanboy. Uh, I mean, they've, they've made some fucking terrible things like the 9000, but I, 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 I like a lot of Beretta's guns. I like their shotguns. I like their, I love my CX-4. Um, but the 92 is just, you know, it's an interesting sort of place because it's, as I say, it's, it's like the CZ-75 is probably the other pistol that best exemplifies that, where it's it's not an early pistol. It's not a modern plastic people popper, but it's it's kind of a it, it's kind of a crossover. And Beretta have done recently what CZ have done a pretty good job over the last couple of years of kind of modernizing the pistol. Um, you know, the last few years with, with the, the 92X and the Langdon guns and, and, you know, I think kind of starting with the Wilson guns, Beretta have done some really cool things with, with the gun, kind of like CZ, you know, with the, the Shadows and the, and the Shadow 2s and, and that sort of thing. Um, you know, I like my Shadow 2, but it doesn't talk to me like a, like a 92 does. That's a slightly more impractical want. Yeah, they, they have made some interesting... Um strides forward in, in the 92X, um, like the, the open gun that JJ is shooting now. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great departure from, from what I think when I think 92. Um, it's Remember spectacularly that. cool, but it's a great departure from what the guns were. Bear in mind that like the 92X series is, is there's the open gun, there's the production gun, 
which which are the kind of I think it's the 92x speed or something. But the the majority of 92x guns are more classic 92. Yep. Um, they've just they've got the Vertec grip with the A3 style multi grip. They've got the Vertec slide with the adjustable uh, when with the replaceable sights, that sort of thing. Um, and I got to say, like one of my biggest standouts at Shot Show this year was the 92x Centurion. That that I like. So the Centurion is like their commander with the compact slide and a full size grip. Yep. Uh, commanders are cool, like. by the way. So anything that sort of looks like a commander is cool. Anything that sort of looks like Commander. Uh, anything that follows that pattern. Um, Full size grip, shoulder slide. I, I, I'm going to like bring it. up some Yamas again. <laughs> I'm waiting. Like y- y- Yama built a whole lot of guns that look like 1911s. They were fucking terrible. Uh, I said cool. I didn't say good. Because <laughs> <laughs> like good 1911s, and cool-looking 1911s typically are not the same thing. This, this is quite often true, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Gaz? There's, there's one thing I want, to, I want to bring up, and if we jump into competition shooting again, and if we look at handgun, if, if you guys had to choose any division that you could shoot, which one would it be? Classic. Open. Well, I knew corn was going to be Classic. It's a rapid departure from each other, like <laughs> yeah. at the ends of the world. Uh, so, if you were to shoot open, what sort of grabs your fancy there? Is it the speed or the guns or both? It's it, from a gun point of view, it's the fact that it, it, it there's almost no there's almost no limit. It, it's a case of let's build a gun that shoots as fast and as straight as is humanly possible. Um, I kind of like that. It's, it's a, it's a hypercar, you know, it's a, it, it's a single purpose thing that does that purpose really well. Um, and yeah, I do. I, it, it looks like a fun division, you know, it's, 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 it's fast, it's aggressive. It's, um, but yeah, I, I, I've always kind of thought that like, Open is IPSC. Uh, it, you know, nowadays production's bigger and all of that, but 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 Open has always kind of been the halo division in IPSC. It's the Formula One. You start in the carts, and one day, you know, it'd be nice to to shoot an open gun. Um, yeah. If someone wants to give me three hundred grand to build two really nice open guns and keep them running, uh, my email address is t at nine eight seven six dot zero dot zero. You are getting signed up to so many unwanted sites all of a sudden. <laughs> you mean more? More, yes. More. <laughs> no, I, I have to agree with you. If I was going to choose, a, if I could choose any division um, to shoot in IPSC, I think it would definitely be open. And once again, I think it's based on being able to push equipment literally to the limits of speed and making sure they shoot straight. And then once again, from a competition perspective, being able to push yourself as a shooter literally probably beyond the limit on certain things than what you would think is humanly possible, which is quite fascinating, actually. Watching a good open shooter run is is awesome. It's art. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 you watch like Eric run an open gun. 
No, no, shoots a whole lot of divisions now, but I, I kind of, th- I, I think his heart still lives in open. Um, but you watch Eric shoot an open gun, and it's, it's, yeah, it's just, you're right, it's art. There's no other way to describe it. It, it, yeah. it's an amazing thing. So, Corny, is your classic thing the gun, or the division, or both? It's a combination. Um, I really like the single stack guns. I. I I like the way that they point in my hands. Now I, I own some, some uh, 2011s and even though they, they, f- they feel great and, and I shoot them okay, uh, they're not quite the same gun. Um, but that's not the reason I would, I would pick classic. Um, I would pick classic because I quite like the idea of, and, and that's why I bought the, the, the Springfield. I quite like the idea of playing with major versus minor and the fact that it changes the division depending on which one you choose. Um, there's no other division that really does that. All the others, what you get is you get, you get a scoring disadvantage um, and you may lose a round or two, but it's insignificant with the, the number of rounds you, you have in the gun anyway. Um, the, the idea of, of, of being able to choose whether you shoot major or minor for a particular match, depending on how it's laid out, uh, is massively fascinating to me. And uh, for the guys who don't know, um, there's a, there's a two round uh, difference in the, in the maximum number of ammo that you can have in the gun um, between major and minor. And it's a specified rule. It's not something that like, well, I can change the follower in my, in my magazine. I can squeeze in the next round. You're not allowed to. The, the maximums are actually specified. Uh, similar to, to production, but there, there is a difference between major and minor. Uh, I, that is fascinating to me. Open is, is interesting though. Um, I, at this stage, that's not a division I would choose. Um, purely, this is, a, this is a super personal thing. But the way I see open is, yes, it is the hyper car. But open isn't a, as much of a test of shooting ability. This is going to sound really wacky for a moment. Excuse it. It isn't as much of a test of shooting ability. It is a test of exactly how fast you can make your body go because everyone's shooting an easy to shoot gun, relatively speaking. Um, what they do is not easy, but everyone's shooting a relatively easy to shoot gun and everyone has all the bullets. So the difference between the top guys and the guys who are not the top guys um, is the ability to make your body run at max speed. See, I'm going to disagree with you there. Because everyone's got, got an easy-to-shoot gun and because everyone's got all the bullets and major scoring, if, if, if you trip in your shooting, oh, yeah, you're no, you're get screwed. overtaken hard. No, no, you're, um, you're screwed. But the, if you take someone who... Yeah, I don't quite know how to describe it. Um, there I is, think I know what you're trying to say and it's very difficult to describe. I, I, I don't know how to say it. Um, it, but it's at not the end of the I day, it's... Shooting, I don't think shooting open is easy. That's, that's not what I'm trying to say. Hmm. Um, like the, the, the complete opposite. But I think it's difficult to be competitive and truly great in open for a completely different set of reasons um, to what you need to do to be great in the other divisions. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different skill set. Um, it looks fascinating. I, I don't think I'm ready for it. Um, I... I don't know if I can move as fluidly as you need to move and, uh, and get the, 
the feet position things perfectly to engage the next target and things while remaining on the move the, the way that you need to to be truly competitive and open um, you could say though that open is how you get like that because oh, you're not yeah, no. worrying about reloading you're not worrying about minus scoring you're focusing on the job of shooting the gun fast and hard and everything else is less important oh for, for sure um i don't think there is a there is another path to get to that other than shooting open um yeah i don't know the, the like, thing to keep in mind as well is that if we've got divisions for a reason so everybody who's shooting open has to do exactly the same things so where if we compare that directly to production, it's as much of the same challenges, except in open, you've got the ability to be maybe a little bit more fluid and you can run your body much closer to literally the, the limit of human function, but everyone has to do exactly the same thing. Whereas in production, it's the same. You're running yourself to that, that specific limit of human function and your scores are still going to tell you at the end of the day what's happening there. So I think it's just the same as all the other divisions. It's just giving you a much bigger window to be a race car. Or, or, um... Yeah, it, it, it is like the ultimate aggressive division. Um, yes. Because if your aggression in open isn't like dulled to the max, you're not, you're not going to be anywhere. Um, some of the other divisions, you, you still need the aggression, but some of the other divisions, clever plans and things, uh, clever is, is not a... Clever is the wrong word for plans, um, but a good plan... Um, can make up for a little bit of lack of aggression where in open, I think you need like, you need all the aggression. Like I'm going to keep this thing as hard as I can. It owes me money uh, all the time, which is one of the reasons why watching them shoot is so spectacular. Um, Cause that is the, the most fun division to watch. Um, out yeah, of all for of sure. them. yeah, for sure. Now, if we just jump into to something that I actually have very, very little knowledge on, but I know that you guys will probably have quite a keen interest, especially you, T, is shotguns. Mm. Greatest um, thing in the world ever. Oof, yeah. Um, do you have, okay, you, you obviously got a very soft spot for semi-autos and that sort of stuff mm. from competition side. Do you have any other sort of very keen interests or fetishes when it comes to like side-by-sides, over-unders, or maybe even just normal manual action shotguns? Same for you, Corn. So I, I, I really like um, a, a, a nice double. Uh, there, is, there is something about them. Um, if I'm going to be slightly more practical, there's a lot to be said for a nice over-under. Um, but to me, like one of the guns I want to, to one day have is like a like a, a Holland or, or something like that, a Holland and Holland or something like that, 28 gauge side by side. I think side by sides are just they're probably not as good as over unders, but there's something about sort of a classic English side by side that is a, a thing of great beauty, especially if it can be like a side lock, um, you know, with tasteful engraving and 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 I really like like 20 and 28 gauge guns. I, I like the, the, the sort of very small dainty, which is weird considering me. Um, 
but but there is something about that. So yeah, um, I really like a twenty gauge, and and I I really like a twenty eight gauge. I probably don't wouldn't shoot them well enough that I should really be running a twenty eight gauge, but I I would love a little twenty eight gauge side by side. Uh, just so, as I say, that daintiness and I do, you do not. I do not have the same fascination as 20 and 28 gauge. Um, and that's practical reasons. And it's, it's got nothing to do with this show. Um, I'm also not the biggest fan of, of side by side doubles. Um, the, and, and that's not from a practical point of view. I, I don't like the look of them as much as I like a side by side doubles rifle. Um, the shotguns just, there's something a little bit off about the way they look to me. However, a beautifully engraved over under um, is a thing of beauty. Um, every time they come up in, in, in auctions and things, I contemplate buying one and then I go like, I would have nothing to do with this thing. Like it, it serves no purpose in my life. Uh, I can't justify spending the money that the really good, nicely engraved ones are, but they are spectacularly beautiful. Um, you can shoot clays, you can shoot birds, you can shoot birds and clays, clays and birds. Birdie clays. <laughs> when are we going to shoot clays? Where, where the hell are we going to find time for that shit? Uh, <laughs> like, like, honestly, um, no, like a beautifully engraved, probably Beretta. Um, I, I know that I'm a little bit of a, of a yeah. There's, there's probably other uh, other brands that the the really like the guys who really shoot these things are probably like, Oh, I want a Parazzi or whatever, but, um, a beautifully engraved Beretta. Struggle to beat a Beretta's exercise. Well, again, I, I think it depends on what you're using it for, but if it's just to, to have and to hold and to look at, I, I could do that. Absolutely. Um, which is weird. Um, years ago, I didn't use to like engraved guns. Um, and I think it's just because the, the ones that I had seen in person were just really poorly done. Um, so you're getting old now. I'm, I'm, I am getting old. Um, there was a, what was it? Was it a high power? There was a high power recently in auction that uh, locally, locally available that was spectacularly engraved um, with gold, gold inlay. And uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that, that, engraved pistols. That does things. No, no, T, that, that thing was beautiful. I cannot um, stand engraved pistols. It was spectacular. Um, like, it, and I think it was spectacular because that was properly done by hand. Someone sat down and did the inlays and things the right way. Uh, it's not a machine engraving and it's not, it wasn't a cheaply done uh, to, to just have something on the, on the gun. And it was like, I don't know what percentage of it was engraved, but it was like pretty much everything that, that is metallic and could be engraved was pretty much engraved in that gun. Um, spectacularly beautiful. Um, but as are like, like, like older wheel guns and things that are, that are engraved, um, where they were special presentation pieces and things are spectacular to look at. Um, and I have a thing for gold inlay on guns. Don't ask me why, but but gold in Heidelberg coming out. <laughs> Do you not have Shot a thing? Fired. Gold inlay on, 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 on old 
sporting rifles and things like if you were to buy a a that that exceptional english double that you were talking about earlier i mean would like like a little bit of gold in like a pair of boss fucking 28 gauges or even 12 gauges i'm not a big fan of gold on pistols um i don't i don't like engraved pistols uh doesn't doesn't do it for me um you know, like, like a like a spectacular sort of blue is, you know, like 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 Colt Royal Blue or Doug T- Turnbull's Blue. You know, that sort of blue that you want to dive into and go for a swim in. That is amazing to me. But uh, if a gun's got engraving, I wanted to have some spectacular wood along with the engraving, and not a set of stocks like like a shotgun with a lovely stock. In fact, so I'm picturing the gun in my head right now. It's beautiful. <laughs> so for me I'm much the same as T when it comes to like engraving and that on, on handguns specifically uh, I can appreciate the engraving but it's not something that I would want on my guns uh, yeah, I, I appreciate yeah, the art yes. That's, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking at it from a, a practical standpoint now yes. um, it, 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 like I, I wouldn't want to carry an engraved gun it, it wouldn't be something that I would be particularly interested in shooting um, but it is, if done right, it is magnificent craftsmanship. Oh, I just yes, don't like I the agree. aesthetic. But my, my thing is, is that I don't like the aesthetic. It, does, it, it doesn't mean it's badly done or anything. I, I, I don't look at engraved pistols as a rule and go, oh my God, that's beautiful. Um, like I can with, as I say, a, a, a beautifully built pistol, um, I can appreciate, but an engraving engra- doesn't talk to me. Like you don't, you're wrong and don't get side by sides. Yeah, it's, it's, they, it's they, a personal thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's just something about um, <clears throat> side by sides just don't quite side by side shotguns just don't quite look right. Um, so, so this is going to be weird. Side by side rifles are cool. I, I I really like the look of those. So this is going to be weird to you. I'm not a big fan of side by side rifles. <laughs> I much prefer the fucking weirdo of a classic English turnbolt, like like yeah. like a specifically like I really like that that sort of like the Holland and Holland aesthetic with a sort of short skinny forend and it's a little bit of a belly and that to me is far prettier than, than most side by side rifles I've seen. And also not, yeah. not necessarily engraved, nice piece of wood, nicely blued. Um, yeah, there's something about that that sort of, yeah. And people, I think people also underestimate how sexy bluing can be when it's done oh, yeah. absolutely perfectly. Oh, yeah. Good bluing is spectacular. Yeah. Uh, but getting good bluing is 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 difficult. Uh, yeah, because yeah. it's, it's preparation. Yep. Um, last I heard, Colt, so, so a, a classic case of a, of a factory blue that was amazing was Colts Royal Blue. So, you know, like, and to my mind, if a Colt Python doesn't have a 16-inch barrel and isn't Royal Blue, it's not a Python. It's some other thing. Um, the Python is a 6-inch gun in Royal Blue. Uh, and last I heard, there is no one left in the factory who can do that. Um, who knows how they made it work. Uh, apparently, like, the last polishing, the, the, the polishing compound was like talcum powder fine. Um, yep. And that's yep. craftsmanship, eh? 
that's unfortunately being lost everywhere. Not not just at Colt. I mean, Smith has the same issues with some of their guns. Um, some, they're they're modern wheel guns. Um, it's not quite the same craftsmanship as as the 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 older guns were. Um, and they're all going through that. Uh, now, having said the the six inch Python T, there was I can't remember where I saw it. Three and a half inch. No, three inch. No, three and a half inch blued python. They were two and a half inch, super, three inch, no, no. and a four inch. They were super rare. I will okay. bet you money that this thing doesn't exist. Seriously, <laughs> it was spectacular. I will bet you money. There's a three and a half inch Smith Model Twenty Seven. Nope. There's a two and a half inch and a, and a, and a very rare batch of three inch pythons. Maybe it was a three inch. Hang on. Yeah, I know because they were made for Lou Horton. Yeah, like like super rare. Well, not a python though. It's very cool. Python has a six-inch barrel in royal blue. It's a python. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of a boa. Um, uh, I I take it you're not pro the uh, the new introduction or, or the reintroduction of the python. I think no. I I think it's lovely. It's got a better trigger than the original python. Um, the ones I played with, it, it's just not quite a Python. It's like a Smith and Wesson revolver with the hole in the side plate where the sole leaks out. Oh no. Yeah. No. If it has that hole, I don't want to own it. Um, um, like that, that is the hole of sadness. Um, and here's another weird, one of my weird sort of revolver fetishes. Now that we're talking about Smith and Wesson, I, Really like in-frame revolvers in 44 Special. I have no interest in owning a 44 Magnum. I have no interest in owning a 45 ACP or a 45 Colt. I want a Smith and Wesson in-frame revolver in 44 Smith and Wesson Special. Those are cool. Pre- preferably a four or five inch gun. I Please. I I like Smith revolvers. Um, I'm not quite as um, opinionated on whether they, they're blued or stainless as you are. Um, because stainless is for appliances. Revolvers <laughs> are blued. Ruger can make stainless revolvers because they have no soul. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Stainless is for appliances. Uh, I mean, I, I have a lovely cold railgun sitting in the safe behind me. Which That's is not a revolver. Last I checked. Yes, but it's also not an appliance. <laughs> Maybe it was an appliance. Stainless it probably was. was. Uh, yeah, see, I, I mean, I do like it. Like, like, I kind of like. I can kind of get it in maybe in a K frame, but it's still. It's like like you look at a model nineteen and a model sixty six, and the, the model nineteen is just better. Um, Model 10 is better than Model 64, especially if it's a four-inch heavy barrel round butt, as mm. nature intended. It's not that I'm opinionated. It's just that I'm opinionated. But, but, but you, you like that 64 that I just got? I do. Oh. It's, a, it's a pretty gun. It's a cool gun. I said pretty, not cool. I know what you said. I know what I said. <laughs> we'll leave it at that then, eh? I like that gun. <sighs> it would be prettier if it was blue steel. Mm. 
<laughs> Weirdly you... enough, I don't like Ruger revolvers in blue because they're appliances, so they might as well be made out of appliance material. <laughs> um, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're not discussing know. practicality. We're discussing things we like. No, we're, we're, we're absolutely not discussing practicality. I, I just... <laughs> Their appliances, they might as well be made up. Like, I don't know where to go with that. Like, yeah. we're just going to leave it there. He's going to murder me next time he sees me. Yeah, because yeah, he likes those, doesn't he? He loves Aruga. It's, mm. it's a pity. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> since you were talking about uh, bolt guns, hmm. um, which, so let's pretend for a moment because that is the spirit of this episode, that money is no object and uh, rarity isn't a thing. Um, what would you own, T? So if you could have a bolt gun in any caliber, made by anyone. If we built one like a double square bridge browser action, we'd have a 25-inch barrel, a walnut stock, and it would be chambered in Super 30. 300 h Magnum for the savages. Like you. <laughs> for the savages. <laughs> But say you you say words like we know what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> it it'll be built on a double square what? <laughs> I, can I know nothing about gun. bolt guns. Nothing. So <laughs> it's just what we said it in my head. Um, and there's one very close to it at uh, at Safari Joburg at the moment. Ah. So there's like so the it's it's the the Mauser action where at the front and rear of the action, instead of rounded, it's kind of squared, almost like the CZs are now. I, I do actually know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know what difference it makes, but I, I have seen the squared off versus the round. Nicer. I don't know if it makes any practical difference. It looks pretty. Once again, I'm building this gun in Super 30, probably the least logical caliber in the world, but you have to see those long, sloping shoulders. It's okay. beautiful. Yeah, it, it is beautiful. Um, it, it is a spectacularly pretty case right? um, yes. so on that gun yes is it is it blued is it like case hardened is it blued <laughs> it's got walnut with like some character the bluing's like worn off on the corners from kind of carrying it in the bush and killing things with it I'm going to be in my bank for a bit now <laughs> yeah no <laughs> This, this is this is this is all foreign to me. Like, I I just have no. Do you touch the barrel? Of course I touch the barrel, just for Max. Okay, so so it's it's not that precious of a rifle that you don't touch the barrel. Nothing's In fact, it's it's that precious of a rifle that you do touch the barrel. Just that knows you love Think it. Think of it like your wang. You love it. You touch it all the time. <laughs> So, guys, if you could own any gun in the entire world, what would you have? And I mean, it can be like a souped-out weird clock, if you wish. Like, dude, if I'm being completely honest, um, an open, a proper open division race clock is what I. That's what I want to build at the moment. That's what I want in my life. Second to that, it would definitely have to be one of those special ARs we were talking about earlier. I don't have any specific brand or model in mind, but I'd have to find something that I could build 
that would just basically tickle my fancy. Awesome. And you, Corn? Oh, it would it would definitely be a 1911. Um, oh, shock I, horror! <laughs> supplies, supplies. It's almost like my open block, um, Corn. Yeah, <laughs> it, like if if it if it can be anything, it would probably be a command length gun. Uh, like I said, squared off trigger guard. Um, I'm not quite sure what I would want as a base. Um, it would have to be a 60s era commercial cult. Well, yeah. 38 stupid. Yeah, 38 stupid is cool. So yeah, let's okay, go with that. that. That's going to be a 1911 of note. Uh, yeah, it, that's it, gun it, I could get behind. It, it yeah. would, yeah, mine would definitely be a 1911. Um, I think if we go outside the sort of realm of, of those guns, um, and I have absolutely no, no use for these things because I don't hunt and I know nothing about them. But like I said earlier, like doubles rifles are pretty to me. So a nicely engraved uh, doubles rifle in some weird caliber. Um, yeah, it doesn't like really matter what. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it would be a pretty weird caliber for a, for a double. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it, it could be Enteric 22 Hornet for all I fucking care. Um, I mean, the, pr- the proportions would be all wrong. Let's not do it in 22 Hornet. But Like a 9.3 by 74R. Mm. Nah. It's a long, beautiful. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, like, I, I quite like the the look of like uh, what's it? Four five eight lot. Um, like that's it's not a, a double rifle caliber. It's a bolt rifle caliber. No, no. Like I said, I, I know nothing about these things, but those are cool because they are spectacularly fucking long, and I love the rounded over noses on the, on those bullets. They just look cool um again I, I will have no use for this rifle i would have nothing to do with it um it is something that you would appreciate though i find them to be pretty yes um, like like really really pretty um i get dudes who spend a million rand on on like a doubles rifle um, I, I, I i understand the appeal again I, I have no use for it but i understand the appeal that they, they can be spectacular um as then like lever guns, um, they can be spectacular. Um, with that said, I mean, like, like, like a classic lever gun Winchester in like 3030 would be awesome. But I do have a thing for that, uh, uh, that, that 4570 Marlin with the, uh, the, the modernized bits on it. Those, like, those are cool. No, I get that. I I I like a lever gun. Um, there's a there's a little eighteen ninety five three five seven Magnum carbine and shooting stuff I was playing with the other day that I could definitely find a home for. Um, and the, there's a, a little while ago I got to play with a Winchester eighteen ninety five, which is completely different to a Marlin eighteen ninety five. Um, that was really really awesome. The the Winchester eighteen ninety five is the uh, the the Jomo's Browning gun. Yeah. So the one that fires like proper rifle calibers. Yeah. Uh, so now we're the thing is you've got multiple, you all got multiple options here. Behind my fetish for a beautiful blued Super 30. And this would be a really tough one to choose. 
because I both I want them both equally, but I'd give a small lead to an FG42. Yeah, so those are cool. I would yeah. gladly kill both of you with a spoon for an FG42 or a Stormwave 44. Um, <laughs> the FG42 so is slightly So no jokes. When we went to um, the the war museum in uh, in in France. Like I walked around and all I wanted to see was a 44 and I eventually found one um, that was mounted in like two panes of glass. So you could see both sides and it's like, yay, I found it. And I spent like ages just standing there staring at it because that is just <clears throat> as a, as a gun from world war two, essentially uh, it, I, I grew up like playing call of duty, which probably dates me a little bit. And that was like the gun to use in it. Um, just because of the cyclic rate and the fact that they actually ran like that in, in, in real life. Um, just, it fascinates me. They are awesome. So when we were in, uh, in Russia in 2017, I think 2018, when we were in Russia, um, at, at the Archangel Michael range, they have a museum at the indoor range with some very, very cool stuff. Like, Johnson rifles and Johnson like machine guns and um, but they had a display there with an MP42 an MP43 and, a, and an SDG44 so the three generations of the storm movie of the yeah it was yeah yeah there was a party in my pants yeah, see <laughs> I, I probably need to go out there at some stage to go and see them all side by side yeah SDG44 is like it's Massive soft spot for that. Um, they are just the epitome of cool. I think the FG42 is cooler. It's probably not as like you could you could go to war with an with a Stormweaver today and actually not be too badly equipped. Um, the FG42 was just it. Yeah, the the fact that it shot full auto from an open bolt and semi auto from a closed bolt. Yeah. Uh, is really cool. And yeah, there's just something about that whole sort of Falschim's Jager, forgive my pronunciation, any of our German listeners. Um, mm. They're all crying that, right now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hello to our listener in Vietnam, you don't mind. Um, <laughs> so that, that's a, that's a, off the shelf gun that uh, I, I would also like to own. Um, so not something that's custom built or, or specially engraved or, or anything. Um, I, I, I don't know how rare the SCG 44 is, but I imagine that uh, they are um, quite hard to find. The, I, I know of, I've played with one here. Um, I've had hands on one here um, that I think was sold in auction. A surprising number appeared in, I think, in Syria. Um, okay. Like a surprising number considering what it is. Uh, but yeah, it's not, a, it's not a super common gun. Uh, and it was a gun ridiculously at, uh, before its time. Um, yeah, it, it's a very interesting historical sort of thing and and it's a bit like a 1911 
except it probably works better. Um, in that it's <laughs> in that it's it, it's a it's a first half of the last century design that still stands up now um, as a gun. And I mean, if someone took one and, and put freaking M-lock and optic rails on it, you'd probably end up with like a quite a usable gun in, in 2020. Probably, but that would make me massively sad. <laughs> but you like square trigger guards and 1911s. I do like square trigger guards and 1911s. I like the first time I saw a squared off trigger guard on a, on a, on a cult, it was like, the fuck is going on here? What is this thing? Um, like, yep, yeah, it's fascinated me ever since. Now, I've seen some ones that, that were done truly like hack jobs, and uh, that makes me sad. But when they're done well, I, I really like the look of it. And uh, yeah, Jason Burton does some really spectacular ones. Like, I could definitely go for one of those. One day I'd like to own a Dale Guthrie gun. Um, he, he built like really good guns here, uh, and they had they had quite a particular aesthetic as well. So, kind of the classic Dale gun is, was a squared off trigger guard, Smith and Wesson K frame slide sights. Um, he used to hand build the 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 safeties and I think the the grip safety, the beaver tails, uh, you know, with a commander hammer, and then they were armaloid, which is like a like a like a hard chrome, but it it was a really nice. It was like a like a bluey gray matte hard chrome. Um, he built spectacular guns back in the day. I I don't know how uh, how common those are to find these days. Um, no, it's not I I certainly haven't seen any come up for sale. Um, not that I've been looking that hard, but I mean I, I do keep a little bit of an eye on them and haven't seen any. Um, that would be cool to own, uh, especially because it was made here. Um, I have seen a, now this is something that I, that I don't really get. Um, and, and this, this excludes things like the, the, the Springfield Hunter, uh, but long slide 1911s. Uh, they're just weird to me. Um, Roger has a long slide gold cup that you, uh, if you haven't seen, you need to have a look at. Uh, I think I have seen it. I think it's the one that I, uh, I, I got to uh, fiddle with the last time I was there. Um, the trigger was spectacular. The, the way that that grip safety on that thing has formed was magnificent. Um, but like the, the long slide guns are just, they're, they're a little bit, they're a little bit weird. Um, that said, they are spectacular bits of like craftsmanship. Um, getting them right is, is not something that, that every Yahoo in his basement could do. Um, so from that that standpoint, they they fascinate me, but they're not pretty like a five inch gun. No, they're of an era. I mean, they are, but they they have a they have a nice look. Um, five five inch nice and living is is kind of aesthetically the best looking. I like commanders, but they're not as nice looking. Um, but a, a six inch gun. Has a, maybe it's also because I grew up watching um, Terminator with that freaking AMT hardballer, <laughs> which was a terrible gun, um, but it did kind of look cool. So the fascinating part with the long slide is that they look nice, and I think it's because they sort of they're a little bit more than what you were expecting to see when you hear long slide. 
Mm. Yeah. Proportionately, they look like beasts. Yeah, yeah. they do. They do. Um, now, it's weird to me that you like things like the 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 LAR Grizzly, but don't like the long slide. No, no, no. I, I like the idea of the Grizzly. I don't think it's a pretty gun. I no, just like, like the it fact looks like that a it's... like with Elephantitis. I, I just like the <laughs> fact that it, that it is a quote unquote 1911, but in an absolutely bonkers caliber. Uh, it's it's more the caliber with those than anything else. Um, They're not available in 38 Super. <laughs> uh, too small. Yeah, that, that's way too small. <laughs> <laughs> it's like said. that, like the the the, the Kunan, like mm-hmm. that thing fascinated me for a long time. Um, I thought they were they 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 were a cool in concept. Um, until I figured out that they didn't actually work like 1911s. Um, I mean, it's got a pivoting trigger and like, it's, it's just, it's, it's wrong. Um, so the fascination of those like went away like rapidly. <laughs> While someone even did a pivoting trigger conversion for 1911s. Yeah. That person was very wrong. Very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, like what is the one wheel thing? drive conversion for a Ferrari 458? Yep. What is the one thing everyone raves about on this gun? Awesome. Let's fuck it. <laughs> I can't even think of a, a reason that you'd want to actually do that. I really, I can't. No. I, I think with the Kunan, it, it, and this is pure speculation, I, I think they had issues around like clearancing magazines and things around a trigger bow and all sorts of weird things like. Um, I think it's easier to manufacture because, I mean, once again, I'll bring it up again, but Yama, um, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm being the prick who actually pronounces it. Um, they had pivoting triggers as well. Uh, yeah, no. uh, so it's probably, it's probably a lot easier to make than that trigger with the bow. There's less, yes. there's pro- I'm guessing, but there's probably less frame machining. The trigger itself is easier to make um, and your target market is less likely to notice. None the wiser, yeah. Uh, speaking of easier to make, um, what was that weird, bloody, integrated, uh, uh, suppressed handgun that like took off in a storm and then the company like went bust a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Max Maxim? Oh, the Maxim. No, Maxim's still around. Okay, then it's not the Maxim that I'm talking about. Because the company that I'm talking about definitely went. Uh, Maxim's still around. I've actually I've finger banged one. I haven't shot one, uh, but I have finger banged one. Maybe it's not that. Um, no, I think it is. Yeah, Maxim's still around. Mm. Okay, then I don't know which one it is. Um, but uh, they had an interview with him with, with the 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 design of the creator of these things. Um, there's a there's a pretty long video of it somewhere. And the, and obviously not the maximum, um, the steps that they had to go through to create this thing they wanted and have something that they can actually manufacture was fascinating because they'd come up with all these like brilliant ideas for how to like do the triggers on them and how to drop the striker and how to do like drop safeties and things. And then they'd figure out that um, this is very cool when we hand build it. It's impossible to tool. And then they'd have to redesign about the it. Hudson. Yes, there we go. Which wasn't intricately suppressed. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm clearly mixing those two up. Um, so 
Because the Maxim is the right gun that I had in my mind when I looked at the picture, but it's not the right gun that I'm talking about for the, for the redesigns and, and the business that went bust. You're, you're right, Zaitsen. So it looks like Daniel Defense may have picked up the rights to the Hudson. Um, okay, because that, that was pictures a... floating around this week of uh, from Daniel Defense apparently of um, basically a modernised Hudson uh, Hudson um, that it looks like they might be reintroducing. Yeah, because those were really cool um, conceptually. I mean, it's it was a it was a really cool design effort and, and the way they went about it. Um, now I, I have never touched one, so I don't know what they, what they're actually like. They feel very nice. Um, as I understand it, they were, they were let down by shocking QC and, and issues with how the company was run. Um, yep. but I'm hoping someone like Daniel defense can make that gun work again. Cause I think it's a, to be honest, I think that's a, for me a much nicer concept than like the alien. Um, yeah, the alien is a little bit of a strange beast to me, um, especially the fact that it's on the prod list. <laughs> yeah, I still don't understand how that happened. Uh, nope. I think it's even allowed in in prod with a, a magwell on it because you know. Ah, fuck. Uh, yeah, because. You can't have single action only guns except for this one. <laughs> Some of us snuck on the list. Uh, none it's, of the other it's... single action only guns are acceptable except for that one because the hammer works backwards. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, that's, a, that's a weird gun to me. Um, now again, I haven't touched one of those. They kind of look cool. Um, and I think it, the, the bit that I like the most about it in terms of looks is it sort of looks like a. Uh, I guess a TSO grip or a, or a, a Shadow 2 style grip. Um, it, it, it looks like it's, they, they, they took some weird flip and slide and glued it to a CZ. <laughs> yeah, and there's, uh, there's fairly new, well, not new, but they, they've tried to incorporate quite a lot of the innovation into that gun, which is nice to see as well. Yeah, that... That swappable optics thing is a is an interesting concept, um, but I believe that that got like unless you want to shoot open, that's that's not going to be a thing um, because the optic not, doesn't reciprocate. Yeah, yeah it, it's not it's not slide mounted. It just looks like it is, but it it really isn't. Yeah. Um, yeah so they now a, make a mount that is slide mounted. So the optic reciprocates, which does allow it in in PO and CO. Uh, okay. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, they had to they had to redesign it because yeah, the, the requirement is that it in, in those divisions is that your optic is slide mounted, and it wasn't slide mounted. Um, yeah, sort of a, a a similar like um, what was that Smith and Wesson Ipsic gun T, the three five six TSW. Oh yes. Like it's, it's sort of, it's not the same thing, but it's sort of similar to this thing's too radical. We can't have this. <laughs> that was an awesome caliber, but it, it's a pity it never took off. Yeah. That, those um, were fascinating. And uh, it's, it's, it's really a pity that the sporting rules killed it because they literally killed it. 
Yeah, the problem is it's like the alien as well, though. If 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 you if you allow that, you then make everything else. Um, yeah, it's, it's like if they allowed nine more major in, in standard tomorrow, everyone would have to buy new guns. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's with really it. No, no, I I I I get it. Um, but I would have liked to have seen that be in a different division or something at the time. Um, because that in theory could have been a cool um, standard gun, but the caliber limitation that they, they put in place just killed it. I think that caliber limitation actually predated that gun. I, I don't know if it did or not. I'm just saying that the fact that there was a caliber restriction essentially killed that thing off um, because it, it, it just didn't have a place. Um, that was a, a spectacularly cool gun. And uh, as I understand it, the caliber was smoking. Oh, yeah. As I recall, it was like a 147 gun bullet at 1,220 feet per second um, in a 9 more size platform. Yeah, there was, was rumor of Apex kind of <laughs> trying to get 356 TSW rolling again um, a couple of years ago. But it seems to have died a bit of a death because it's nine by twenty-one point five, I think. Um, but that just seemed to die a bit of a death. Yeah, it's that's sad. Um, speaking of of strange calibers, not that this was a strange caliber, um, though it might have been in its day. Um, I would love to one day get to handle a Bren ten, like yes, just just. I, I don't know if it's a nice gun to shoot, et cetera, et cetera, but just to, to like experience the madness that was Colonel Cooper. Um, <laughs> I think that would be I, like, I would love to have my hands on one of those. You know, it'd be even cooler to have a Bren 10 magazine in each hand because that's an even rarer <laughs> occurrence than handling a Bren 10. <laughs> yeah, that's like, I would love a gun in 10 more. It has to be a Bren 10. That's never going to happen. So I'll have a Delta Elite. <laughs> I don't even that's think it. I've ever seen a Bren 10 in the flesh. I'm saying Delta Elite, like that six inch uh, Hunter, Springfield Hunter. That is a cool gun. After you told us you don't like long slides. No, no, I, I mentioned that in when I, when I said that. I said the, the, the Hunter just, there's something about it being 10 more. And six inch. No, I like Delta Elite. Yeah, I like the Deltas too. <laughs> it's a nice best millimeter. Uh, the best millimeter, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best millimeter. It's almost all of the millimeters. When they were big. Yeah, those are cool. Um, I got to fiddle with one a couple of years ago. There was one at a at a gun shop. Um, and we have like, a friend who owns one. We do have a friend who owns one who hasn't shot it. Yeah. Like what the hell? What what I have shot once, and this might predate you, is I once got to put a round through a tenfolio, I think it was a TA ninety in forty one action express. Oh. Yeah. That that was an interesting caliber. Mm. It was, uh, and 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 what was it like shooting it? I fired one round out of it 
freaking 20 years ago. It was cool because I got to shoot a 41 Action Express. <laughs> that was the whole experience. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a 40. <laughs> I mean, ballistically, it's ballistically yeah. a 40. Uh-huh. But it was cool. <laughs> Those are cool. Like, you, but other calibers. I like, because <clears throat> I'm weird. Bottlenecked pistol calibers are. That's because you started your pistol journey with a mistake. Well, I wouldn't put it that strongly. I mean, I started unconventionally. (laughs) Just ever so slightly. Do you not like bottlenecked pistol cartridges, T? Taking practicality, like reloading them out of it. No, no. I mean, I kind of like 357 SIG. I like nine by, I think nine by twenty fives mental and cool. Yeah, nine by twenty five is awesome. And like part of me would like something in Tokarev that wasn't a Tokarev. Or something in, in, in five seven. Yeah. <laughs> five seven's fucking cool. Um, but there is definitely a sexiness to bottleneck pistol cartridges. Yeah, they 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 just look right. Um, you need know, a bottleneck I, revolver though. Yeah, but which revolvers were bottlenecked? Uh, Smith did the, I think it was the Model 53 in 2T Remington Jet. And okay, I don't Ruger, even know the caliber. It's, it's kind of a neck down 357. It looks a bit like a 2 Hornet in that it's like long shoulder. It was quite problematic because bottlenecks don't work in revolvers, so it used to back out, um, which was a problem. It was a cool gun. And uh, Ruger, I think, did the Hawkeye, if I remember correctly. In two five six, I think it was two five six Winchester Magnum, which was a neck down three five seven, also problematic. Um, but you need one for your collection. I well, now I know that I do need one for my collection. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Uh, How about now? We, we're going to have to find some uh, uh, some some agency somewhere that issued those. <laughs> uh, the French may have. They did weird shit with guns. Yeah, the French don't help me. <laughs> They're a little bit far out of my uh, my uh, my theme, but I'm sure we could somehow uh, like justify it as a as a developmental step in the process, proving that bottleneck cartridges don't work. If any of our listeners knew a deputy in I don't know Keokian, Michigan, who for a week carried a Smith Fifty Three on duty, please. Let Kunae know. Please do. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have happened. I, I'm, I'm 100% sure. Like, I'm not sure that there is a firearm on the face of the planet that doesn't fit my theme in some way. Because there is guaranteed to be someone that's done something silly with something at some point. Um, it's just finding something to substantiate. That's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure that somewhere in some little woods town, there is a sheriff who walks around with a doubles rifle. I'm, I'm sure there is one somewhere because bears, but like, <laughs> 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 this is a very nice collection of, of police issued firearms you have here. Um, what's with that weird doubles rifle in the corner? <laughs> well, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you about Sheriff Jack. He was a little bit mad. Had a mega flinch from shooting this thing. 
Yeah. I think so we guys, spent over an hour and a half talking shit about guns. I think we have. Guys, no, no weird caliber fantasies on your side? No. Nothing really um, apart from what we've spoken about combined with the rifles. So you, you wouldn't want something like like 38 Super to become uh, like major legal and standard, for instance. It's never going to happen, a, but like... From a practical perspective, I'd love it. Yeah. I would love and it. More, more bullets in, in the same magazine length. Yes. Um, and more velocity. More, much more velocity. Much more velocity, uh, yeah. Um, if I had to, yeah. If I had to choose a a pistol cartridge that I'd like to shoot, I don't think I'd want to own it. Is forty super? Oh, interesting. That is kind of cool. Yes, I would like to try that. What What was chambered in forty super? I, I, I don't actually factory. Know. I think it was yeah. a. I think Triton kind of got behind it. It was like like a custom thing. Okay. It was like a 45 super neck down to 10 more, as I recall. I'm looking it up. It's like 400 Corbon on steroids. That is cool. We were just talking about neck down pistol. That looks spectacular, guys. Yes. I actually nearly let that slip my mind. You know what, guys? I would have been disappointed. I also want to shoot that now. Oh, good news. Oh, that looks awesome. They, like, bottleneck pistol cartridges, just, they, they just look cool. Um, Is this yeah, your next game? Uh, no. <laughs> it's like 135 grain bullet at 1,800 foot per second. Because uh, cool. That or 200 fun. grain at 1,400 foot per second. That would be a spectacular defensive round. Can you imagine how well it returns? Eventually. <laughs> Yeah, not well at all. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a gun crying out for comp. <laughs> you, you, you know those dudes who take their wives for their first shooting lesson and then like hands them a 375 H&H? Yeah. Like I imagine. <laughs> yeah. And 40 Super could be the equivalent. Yes. <laughs> That could make your. It is definitely, down. yeah. It's definitely a forehead puncher. That one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, that looks awesome. I don't think I've seen that caliber ever before. But like, I'm gonna go look it up when we're mm. properly done here because I just found a picture that looks spectacular. I want to go learn a bit more about that. It looks sexy, uh, doesn't it? With that short. It shot. does. It does. Yes. Yeah, that that is cool. That isn't. You should have brought that up earlier, guys. We were like, yeah, it, I nearly forgot about it. I'm just <laughs> grateful I brought it up. I'm glad you remembered. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you guys because that is a fucking out there hipster choice. <laughs> oh, thanks, T. <laughs> <laughs> that was that not is, something you were expecting. It was, no, it was not. That is exactly what the show is about was out there weird shit that no one's ever heard of. And that's why I'm fucking proud. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm glad. You know, like we all expected you in there uh, in, in your 357 SIG thing. Yeah, I, I love 357 SIG. Like, it's. I, I have a massive soft spot for that caliber. Um, like, I, I wish there was so more often, options. 
get the urge to uh, stick a G31C on one of our orders and stick a dot on one and play with that. Mm. That would be a cool thing to play with. Um, it, it would be nice to own. I'd carry that. That would until, be really nice to shoot that, actually. And, until you figure out that you can't find ammo. Uh, we're not talking practical. Yes, go on. Oh, I want a 40 Super. No, no, but he didn't say he wanted to carry it. You said you'd carry it. I said it would be cool to own it. It would be awesome to shoot. It's like if I was made of money, if I I could build myself, like if I could like go to like a Joe Chambers and say, build me again, it would probably be like a, like a double stack 1911 commander length with a single port comp in 38 stupid. And I would carry that. You see, I I would, I would drop the double stack. That's because you're wrong. And keep the rest. I'd also put a dot on it. See, oddly, I don't have a problem with that. If there was a division where we could shoot single stack guns, proper single stack guns, 1911s, um, with dots. No, no, but with dots. <laughs> I would be massively interested. And no, it's the same thing. I would carry that. No, I know. But if there was a division for that, I would be super interested in shooting that. The same way that if modified was still a thing, I would be super interested in shooting. There is uh, actually a division you can shoot a single stack gun with a dot. Yes. And I'm not being, there is. It's called IDPA carry optics. Yeah, but then you you have to shoot IDPA. And like, I can't, I don't think my little brain can keep up with the rate at which their rules change. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, can I can I drop the mag on the floor this week? <laughs> Was that last week? Mag on the floor. Always been able. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say empty. I said, can I drop a mag? Never. Never since IDPA started. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah, they they just have too many changes. Um, though that would be an interesting division to to fiddle in. Um, being able to shoot a dot at nineteen eleven. There's obviously the, the, the other division where you can, shoot a, you can shoot a dotted 2011, um, but that's expensive and loud. You can shoot a dotted 1911 in open. I, yeah, but not competitively. <laughs> oh. Well, you, you never know, dude. <laughs> no, we know. <laughs> you could like go all retro. Like a uh. single stack 38 super... But you have to complement that with Ray-Ban aviators. Yeah. A foamy Doesn't cap. count if there's no aviators. Little short denim shorts and long white socks. And one of those open front uh, leather holsters they used to use in the day. Yeah. And, and a white polo shirt. shirt. And, and <laughs> white New Balance tackies. Yeah. And the polo shirt has to be kind of old and washed out. Oh, there you they, go. Problem solved. <laughs> Ernie Hill leather. I, I I don't know if that was truly a problem we were trying to solve. <laughs> and I think we've got it <laughs> about solving it the wrong way. <laughs> I, I think we've solved this problem spectacularly. No, no, no. You you said me in shorts. Like, dude, you've gone wrong. <laughs> Cornet like does present a good point, T. Yeah. He'd have to grow a bit of a mullet as well. Uh, for the whole yeah. experience. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose I can get that bit right. There you go. <laughs> Start practicing your weaver stance. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, that's that's not a bad idea. Maybe I should do that. Mm. Call it retro division. <laughs> you would shoot retro division too, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, if we're shooting retro division, can we also have scenarios? Um, once again, your urge to shoot IDPA. No, 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 Actually, no, 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 no. I don't want to shoot retro because there's even more Cooper tunnels and like climbing over shit and jumping off buses. And, no, no, you can keep that. <laughs> if you change your mind. I want to shoot the gun. I don't want to shoot like 1980s Ipsic. One Cooper tunnel and Terex out. It's because you'll one day when you grow up and be a full-size boy, you will understand. <laughs> no, it. Yeah, because you're three grow, foot fucking tall. Grow up, that. <laughs> uh, so, what have we not covered? What what other oddball things should we discuss? I think we've covered a lot of shit. Yeah, I think that, we have. That we have. We have spent two hours and done absolutely nothing of any practical value. Then everyone will enjoy it. Yeah, but <laughs> that's, that's, that's a typical show, isn't it? <laughs> so I think we should probably wrap this up because Gaz and I are shooting a match in the morning. Yeah, yeah you guys are shooting a match in the morning. I am going to go test a uh, commander. Uh, enjoy. Shout out to Clive, one of our listeners with great taste and hosts. Um, Clive is wrong. Clive, for some reason, thinks that Tarek is right. Um, and he thinks that Tarek should be people's favorite. Um, well, I can why. state for a fact that Clive has never met Tarek. It's not funny. <laughs> we left you hanging here. <laughs> <laughs> It's not funny if there's no retort. If it just goes like radio silent, it's like, did you, do, did you leave? <laughs> it was funny for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for the record, Clive's is wrong. Uh, I mean, obviously, Gaz should be the favorite. He'd have to talk, seeing as it's a radio show. But I make but he, pretty faces for you guys. Yes, he does. Uh, you say the word pretty. I don't know if you know what it means, guys. It means me. I mean, that thing he did earlier when he was like rubbing those mags with his tongue out was pretty cool. Yeah, that's probably that was like brightest moment. That was Pikarumbi face. <laughs> it's like the mags owed me something, eh? <laughs> oh, fuck. But... Um. Uh, yeah, so uh, if you've listened this far, thank you very much. I'm not too sure what's wrong with you. Uh, please remember to um, uh, subscribe uh, and all that good stuff and tell your friends and follow Welcome to the Gun Show on the Book of Faces before they nuke us all for something else. Um, yeah. Awesome. No, yep. good, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for their support so far. We hope you're really enjoying the show. Uh, we do now have an Instagram handle, which is at gunshow. I think Corn just correct me if I'm wrong. I, th I think it's at gunshow.co.za. That's the one, yeah. So there is an Instagram handle for us now, and there's regular posts up there as well. Let's see. Yep, it's gunshow.co.za. Are we on the grams? We are on yes, the grams. Sir. Oh, that's good. 
not too old for the grams. I mean, we're we're not we're not gramming as much as other people grams, um, and we don't do stories and stuff. Cause... <laughs> oh, not those grams. <laughs> <laughs> no hookers and blow. Yeah. So what's going to happen is eventually I'm going to figure out how the grams works, and then I'm going to start shooting like speeding up my shooting videos. <laughs> okay, Lucas. Um, <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> later losers.